And welcome to the Wellbeing and Career World podcast. I'm delighted to be chatting with author of Humor Book, Walk Like a Maniac, I hope I pronounced that correctly, the story of everyone who became a man in the 21st century, which explores the modern man's ridiculous journey towards adulthood. The book reached number one on Amazon's adult humor bestsellers list within the first month. After years of writing comedic blogs, sketches and advertisements, Jake finally decided to put pen to paper and write his first book. Today we'll be chatting about the modern man. A very warm welcome to the podcast, Jake O'Donnell. How are you getting on today, Jake? I'm very well, thank you. Thank you so much for having me. It's a pleasure to be here. No, no, my pleasure. As we said before, before we start recording, it is St. Patrick's Day, March the 17th here, and I'm trying to steal uh, Jake's uh, surname, O'Donnell, over to the Irish side today. But (laughs) generally, Jake, where are you right now on planet Earth? I'm happy to come to the Irish side, by the way, for any <laughs> listeners out there, big fan of the Irish. I'm in Melbourne, Australia at the moment, about 10 metres, like 10 minutes, sorry, from the beach, uh, a little suburb called Bentley. Well, very nice. So to make listeners jealous right now, especially in Ireland or in, in Europe, because the weather is a little bit on the chilly side, what's the temperature right now? What's the weather like in Melbourne? Uh, it was very muggy today, so I think it got up to about 29 degrees Celsius, but it was very oh. cloudy, a lot of rain this morning, so even though it's really hot, which you guys are probably killed for at the moment, yep. it was one of those hot days that wasn't particularly enjoyable. All right, okay, well, we're, we're still jealous anyway. So I gave a brief yeah. introduction, Jake. <laughs> um, tell us a little bit more about your background. How did all this start and why did you want to write the book? But let's start from the beginning. Uh, good question. So I was actually living in the UK for a couple of years. Um, I'd been working in education for a while. I came back when my two-year working holiday visa had expired. Uh, I was unemployed, obviously. Uh, I was looking to get back into education, but I needed a few checks to get done and pass. So uh, at the time, my brother was running a travel website. Uh, he just asked if I wanted to write some stories for my travels. I had nothing better to do at the time. So I was like, yeah, sure, that sounds good to me. Uh, I wrote a story about something that happened on one of my travels that actually ends up in the book as well. Um, I got lots of really good feedback. um, And then he just asked whether I'd be open to doing more content writing for him. So I did a lot of uh, other stories from my travels. I did uh, a lot of satire type of articles as they were becoming popular at the time um, and basically just took over the social media accounts. From there... I started doing some freelance sort of advertising videos for small companies. Uh, They'd asked uh, for me to do kind of like a humorous advertisement for them to promote their products. And and from there, I just did some comedy skits as well. Uh, I realized after a while that what I enjoyed doing the most was writing stories about me and experiences from my life. So I came up with the idea for the book and then I just put pen to paper and got on with it. Sounds pretty cool. So... I mean, where did you live in the UK for the two years? So I was in London. So I'm not sure whether you know London that well, but I was in a, a place called Shepherd's Bush, which is pretty much where all the Aussies tend to hang out. So I was pretty much a, a cliche Australian abroad. Right. But yeah, two years over there. Loved it. The London experience. Lots of drinking. <laughs> uh, lots of travel. It was awesome. And was a bit of a cultural shock there. I know you mentioned that like Shepherd's Bush is like it's kind of like the, the Aussie home outside of Australia, so to speak. But what was it like integrating? Because a lot of the listeners as well, when they're changing careers or they're moving jobs to different parts of the world, what was it like for you? And how did you kind of mold into that lifestyle? So for I grew up in Melbourne, which is 
a pretty big city. But for t- the two years before I moved over to London, I was living in a place called Coolangatta, which is on the Gold Coast. It's like a sleepy, beachy town. It was a, a much more laid back lifestyle. I remember when I got off the plane, I'd been in uh, New Zealand for a week and a half beforehand. I'd come home, hopped on the flight, no sleep the whole way over. So I was going over 24 hours without sleeping after being doing a lot of traveling around and being tired anyway. So my eyes were basically hanging out of my head. And I remember getting off the train at Shepherd's Bush Station and just walking down the street to where I was going to stay with a friend. It was just, it felt like there was about 10 billion people just on the street. It was super overwhelming. <laughs> um, but from there, it got much easier. And yeah, about two or three months in, it just felt like home. What was it like then with your brother's travel website? I mean, is, is, how, how is that getting on now at the moment with all the, 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 uh, say the lockdowns and the COVID and stuff like that? Yeah, it's, yeah. So how is he getting on with that? He's moved into a few different things now. So he's not working in that space. Um, at the moment, I think he's looking to get back into it now, but more the uh, travel agent side of things. Right. Um, but yeah, obviously the last couple of years, any anything to do with travel has just been all over the place. So, well, fingers crossed he gets back up and running as soon as possible. So let's get into the meat of, of the uh, our chat today. So Jay, tell me, what is a modern man? What is it? Has it has it I'm all changed? Sure is it is? I mean, am I a modern man? Are you a modern man? Is it, how does it work now? I think, I think we're both technical. I'm not sure exactly how old you are, but I'll let you slide into that bracket. Anyway. I'm 45, I'm Jake, not, 45. 45, yeah, <laughs> we'll claim you then as a modern man for sure. You seem like a good man too, so we'll take you. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not sure the modern man is just one thing, to be honest. It probably never has been the case. But I think probably now more than ever with the world changing so much. In terms of the book, what I try to capture with the modern man is a lot of the experiences that we've had that have been unique to the last sort of 25, 30, 40 years as the world's changed so much. I mean, I remember when I was a kid, you know, we had the landline telephone. I remember you had to be at home 8.30 on a Wednesday night to watch your favourite show, which is <laughs> a completely different world. You, yeah. If you made plans with people, you'd have to say, Oh, we'll meet at this time and then you just have to hope that the other person showed up. You couldn't check to make sure that they hadn't cancelled or anything like that. Um, and with all those changes, I just think there's challenges that have been thrown our way that human beings didn't evolve for and the modern man being more hopeless than the modern female. I think we could probably all agree on that. <laughs> probably a little bit more out of their depth. So what about then some of the challenges you mentioned there? I mean, what are the challenges today? I mean... Is it is it more, say, for example, dating or interaction with the opposite sex? I mean, is that all changed as well? Has 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 a, the so. modern man become less masculine, so to speak? Oh uh, well, if I'm anything to go by, then the answer is probably yes. I'm not one of the most masculine men going around. I have to call my dad if my if I bust a tire on the car. Uh, but yeah, I think dating is probably one of the main areas um, where things have changed and probably become a little bit more difficult for men. Obviously, you know, with social media and the way that dating apps and things like the way that people tend to interact, um, I don't think our brains were necessarily built to be able to deal with things like sending particular type of lewd photos to people that you don't even know yet, which has become a bit of a problem in the modern world. (laughs) Um, In terms of masculinity, I think 
you know, one positive with the way that things have changed is that masculinity maybe in the past was seen as just one thing. Right. A very sort of outdated, like you need to be maybe a broody, a real man's man. Whereas now I think masculinity has changed to incorporate things like being really open and honest with how you're feeling, um, putting a lot more emphasis on having strong bonds with friends and family and things like that, being willing to open yourself up and let people in. So I think there's been a lot of positives that have come out of sort of the new wave of masculinity, but there's still plenty of humorous things and humorous mistakes that the modern man makes that I really try and pick at throughout the book. Do, do you, Jake, I mean, I don't know your relationship background, whether you're dating, whether you're married, but um, these dating apps, have have you dabbled in them? And if you have dabbled in them, how how have you found them? Kind of navigating oh, the world of dating apps. Yeah, personally, I've never actually been on a, a dating app. So I've been in a relationship for the last five or so years. But I've been lived vicariously through other friends. Even when I've been single, you know, lived vicariously through them on sort of dating apps. So I've always been more of a face-to-face type operator. I'm not particularly good at sending messages and things like that. I think I'm much better dealing, you know, with people in person. So, so, so how would your partner then see you? So, I mean, as a modern man, um, are you... I mean, maybe getting this totally wrong. I mean, would you have more cosmetic creams, more hair gels <laughs> than your partner? Is this is this what we're talking about here? Well, for starters, I'm sure she'd think of me as the most handsome man in the world, just <laughs> drop dead gorgeous, charming. Obviously, of course, yeah, <laughs> of course. But that being said, uh, I've started actually to get into the moisturisers a little bit. I've, no- I've just hit thirty last year. And I've noticed, particularly after a couple of years abroad where I wasn't looking after myself and, you know, a couple of years on the Gold Coast before that, that I feel like age is starting to creep up on me a little bit. My hairline feels like it's just about disappeared. So I'm starting to get into the moisturizers a little bit. Right. um, But it's never really been a big scene for me. If you look in our bathroom right now, she has about... It feels like 4,000 products under the sink. I can barely get a toothbrush in there. So I, I think <laughs> if I was to really get into it, uh, we'd have a few issues, I think. And, and does your partner, I mean, do you ever get any little subtle hints to say, like, maybe, you know, a bit of hair dye, maybe a bit of anti-wrinkle <laughs> cream, especially under the eye area? Do you get any subtle hints? I feel like she's just aware that my self-confidence is so brittle as it is that it shouldn't <laughs> say anything like that. So I feel like most of the time she's trying to pick me up and trying to take, throw out compliments that are just wildly untrue right? Uh, just to try and stop me from freaking out, I think. <laughs> so what do you think then? I mean, you're in this relationship for five years. So what do you think women are looking for now in a modern man? Or the modern is a modern maniac? Is that how we're calling it? Modern maniac, modern maniac, uh, either way is fine. There's obviously just a play on words of, you know, men being maniacs, but I think a lot of people would probably agree with. Maybe not all the time, but certainly a lot of the time, if you're anything like me, then probably all the time as well. Uh, like I was touching on earlier in terms of the modern man, not necessarily being one thing. I think women, like all people, everyone's looking for something different. They're all searching for different things. One thing that I think has changed, which I think is a positive as well, is that perhaps in the past, you know, as I touched on before about men maybe being more broody or suave or looking to be just more of a provider rather than a partner necessarily. I think these days there's a lot more pressure on just being an interesting person. People's attention 
uh, and engagement, they've really been, you know, tugged at from all different angles. I think these days you need, you need to be funny, you need to be interesting, you need to have a lot more going for you, which I think is a real positive about uh, the current state of the world. But what do you think, Jake, as well with, with, I mean, we touched briefly on the dating apps again. I think you said there, you, you know, you, you, you kind of have to have a bit of humour about yourself, you need to be funny. So say, for example, right, you're on these dating apps or you see the most beautiful person in your eyes, you know, physically. Wow, you know, that guy is hot or that girl is hot and they're so attractive. But then there's nothing behind that. So how then do you get over that? I mean, could you stay with somebody that you have really nothing in common with, but materialistically they have a home, they have a car, they look beautiful? I mean, in your opinion, is that what we're doing today with all these social media accounts? Because all we see is this beautiful, beautiful people. I mean, how, how do you get around that? Then? I mean, potentially, certainly when I was early 20s and barely had enough money for rent, a house might have been enough to do it for me. But I think generally people, and certainly for myself, that looks, they're certainly a factor, but you need to have a lot more going for you. And I think most people feel that way. Obviously with the dating apps, it is, a lot more probably like window shopping, I guess. Yeah. Uh, one feature of the dating apps is I'm led to believe, like I said, I've only lived vicariously through others. Um, I think one feature is that if you do have a match, then there'll usually be some conversation that goes along with that. And then maybe you'll meet up. I mean, obviously not everyone, there's some people who use it in other ways as well. You know, yeah. Who are we to judge? Uh, <laughs> but I think obviously, at some stage, you do have to have that face-to-face meeting. I think you need to have a little bit more going for you. Well, what do your friends then think, Jake? I mean, you you wrote this book now. I mean, did they think you're a bit mad? Did they think, like, you know, keep, keep your opinions to yourself and don't be exploring this type of avenue considering the world that we're in right now at the moment? I mean, what, what does your friends think of all this? Potentially. I mean, they didn't say that to me which was a good thing uh but i mean i certainly had some of those thoughts myself particularly as you know when i first came up with the ideas for the book and i'm a person who thinks that comedy is you know one of the main facets of art should always strive to be bold so i wanted to go into a lot of bold places i wanted to be unapologetic i wanted to be raw i wanted to take some risks and with the way that things would Sort of trending over the last couple of years i was a little bit worried about it right but i kind of you know spoke to a few people close to me and i just decided that ultimately you know i wanted to stay true to what i think comedy should be sure and in doing that i had to go to some places that maybe other people would think maybe don't go there but i think i always did it in a, a tasteful and uh yeah like a well thought out and critically thought way so what what what's what are some of these places that that you went to? I mean, do you, have you any funny stories um, throughout your journey that you want to share? So yeah, so the whole book uh, is full of stories from my life actually. So the premise is that it's all about becoming a man in the modern world, and to look at this, we relive the journey that we've been through by reliving the our first time moment. So it might be our first drink of alcohol, it might be our first day of work, our first girlfriend, our first fight. And it goes all the way from, you know, the early days of when we're just little children all the way up until sort of our first dead end job, our first 
fallen soldier. I'm doing fallen soldier in quotation marks. It's just a bit of a cheeky dig at our first friends to either get married or have kids. We often call them the fallen soldier. And the first half of every chapter will be what it was like generally for men. So we'll go through a bunch of different scenarios that people might have faced and just poke fun at the ridiculous ways that we dealt with that. Uh, and then the second half of every chapter is actually what those firsts were like for me. And it'll be just the whole story pieced together and you know, obviously coming at it from a, a fairly humorous angle as well. I'm, I've lived a pretty ridiculous life at times. Um, it's certainly been embarrassing, but it's been nice to be able to steer into that and I suppose capitalise on all that embarrassment that I've had to go through. So what, give us a funny story then. So what was the most embarrassing or awkward time that is either in the book or has not been placed in the book? Make it exciting, Jake. Give us Make a story. It, I'll do my best. <laughs> I probably haven't lived as exciting a life as you. You sound like a very exciting guy. Obviously being Irish as well. St. Patrick's Day today, as you mentioned, so I'm sure some of your best stories are probably going to happen tonight. Yep. But uh, one story, I don't know if it's the funniest story, but it's a story that I always enjoyed telling. It's a story from back when I was on the Gold Coast. So we used to go to the Coolangatta Hotel most Friday nights. Um, you know, we'd carry on young men being idiots. Uh, but there's this girl that used to work there. She was a little bit older than me. So I was 21, 22. She would have been about 27, 28. Anyway, somehow I got a number one night and we agreed, oh yeah, we'll go on a date. So I picked her up on a Saturday afternoon, evening. She was wearing high heels, expensive dress, done up to the nines expecting to be just wined and dined by a youthful aristocrat. I took her 10 pin bowling. Safe to say there wasn't a second date. Didn't speak to her for a while. And then probably two or three months later, I was out just with friends at a different place. I bumped into her and we got to talking. She was going to be designated driver. But after a bit of PR work from me about the 15 gutter balls that I bowled on our bowling date, she started to loosen up give me a bit of time again she started having a few drinks anyway it gets towards midnight she's now shouldn't be driving at all but she turns to me and says you know do you want to get out of here i go yeah sounds good to me but we got to go stop off get some food first of course as you do so we drive down to the main strip which was a terrible idea because like i said she'd been drinking for hours by this stage pull up to a 7-eleven looking to get some room temperature pies the Gold Coast, middle of summer, 30 degrees, even at night time. The windows are down. There's a bunch of, say, five or six pretty mean-looking guys walking past the car, not doing anything wrong. And for some reason, I'm not sure if I'm allowed to swear on this podcast or not. Would you like me to maybe just say the letter that it starts with? Go ahead. Knock yourself out. Whatever you want to do, you go ahead. <laughs> so yeah, I, five I have a disclaimer on this, Jake, anyway. So... If, yeah, okay. So don't worry, go ahead. No worries, sounds good. Yeah, you might need to put the, your, your biggest disclaimer for this word. This is about as bad as it gets in most countries, I think. Okay, go ahead. Blanket <laughs> swear word. So there's five or six blokes are walking past, not doing anything wrong, but they're obviously looking pretty tough. She pops her head out the window and goes, what are you cunts looking at? For no reason at all. They obviously see that this woman's called out of the car, see that she's the one that's done it. They can't go up to it and confront a girl. So they walk around to my side. I've never been in a fight before in my life. As you can probably tell from this conversation, I'm a lover, not a fighter. Yep. They walk around. I immediately start backpedaling, apologizing for her. Look, we had this bowling date. It went horrible, blah, blah, blah. 
rather than hearing me out and letting bygones be bygones, one of the guys just punches me straight in the face. Now, a lot of men, we talked about masculinity before, would probably have that happen, get really aggressive themselves, start a fist fight. Me being me, I immediately just start apologizing on her behalf again, even though this guy just smacked me in the face. I've had this horrible bowling date. She's called out a cunt to these guys. I've been punched in the face. Anyway, once again, instead of letting bygones be bygones, he just smacks me in the face. He starts walking off though. So I think, thank God, finally, this ordeal is over. It wasn't, unfortunately. My lovely lady companion storms out of the car, chases down the main strip, starts shouting in their faces, pushing them, harassing them. I had to then get out of the car, rescue her, who was a damsel in distress, now rescuing, rescuing the damsel in distress that had been me when I was getting attacked pull her away from these thugs and what, I had to apologise to them now, even though they'd punched me twice in the face, I had to apologise on her behalf for harassing them. <laughs> and then eventually they walk off, we get these horrible pies, we eat them and then that was basically the end of the story. Dropped me home and we never spoke again. So It sounds like a typical Irish night out, even is throwing it? A punch. Yeah, exactly. Something for you to look forward to tonight. That's a, that's a standard. Now, I want to ask you this, Jake. I mean, what was the giveaway when you met this? Well, first of all, what was the age difference? Was was the lady older or younger? She was older. So I was about 21 and she would have been about 27, 28. So probably about six or seven years. So a little bit more mature. So what was the high heels not a giveaway? For well, me? judging by that story, perhaps <laughs> not. <laughs> I mean... Usually the high heels are a curse that when you walk into the bowling area, you're planning this bowling, you're kind of, oh, okay, maybe, maybe, maybe let's go for a glass of wine or something instead. And, I mean, did you, yeah, did you tell... Yeah, bowling can be pretty tough with the, with the bumpers up or without the bumpers up as it is. So in high heels, she yeah. still managed to beat me, though. That's how well I was going. You, you were stretching the limits there. But, I mean, you're, you're, did you tell your, your, your darling uh, partner at the moment the, the same story? Uh, what, was, what was her answer to this one, if you did? Oh, yeah, definitely told her the story. She just found it funny. She enjoyed the story. She read all the, the whole book. She, I, when I wrote every chapter, I'd bounce ideas off her. So she was a huge part of sort of my writing process. So there were some stories that, you know, you might think on face value that might be a bit dicey to bring up, but she's a good sport, um, which is why I've been with her for five years, I guess. I'd probably be pretty hard to be in a relationship with me and not have a pretty good sense of humour. Um, what about, I mean, are you and your partner like chalk and cheese? I mean, is, is it opposites attract did you, that you think? The reason I'm asking these questions is because you see a lot of people, especially friends of mine and who, who listen to this as well. Um, they don't like listen to my voice, but generally they like listen to the guest <laughs> voice. But they, they kind of, they'll say to me, oh, Dave, you know, but, but she's, a, she's good looking. And I go, yeah, okay. And, but I said, but do you have anything in common? Well, not really. But I said you get on well. well. I don't really know, but she's good looking. So I mean, for yeah. for 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 your and this probably goes to the opposite side as well. I mean, for your partner, I mean, is there any stories based on your relationship with your partner that's in the book? Uh not based on this. She's she was around for one of the stories, just the last story in the book, but she plays a, a super minor role in it. Right. We got a lot of similar similarities though. I obviously love comedy and humor so she's got a really good sense of humor that's probably the most important thing to me 
I know that some people can be just the looks, but I mean, you know, the physical side of things is really a small part of the time that you spend together. Most of the time you're just hanging out unless you're some sort of sex machine, which I'm not. So, <laughs> I don't put yourself down is, now, Jake. Don't do that. Yeah. Don't do that. <laughs> <laughs> I have my moments. <laughs> and what about but then, yeah. does then the, um, I mean, does your partner, does she give you suggestions or advice on, on the modern man? I know you mentioned earlier on, she might give you some nice little subtle compliments to keep you kind of motivated, inspired, so to speak. But do you ever get any, any advice of how to be a better man or a modern man? I'm not saying you're not a good man, but you know I'm trying to get it. <laughs> you must have been talking to her then if you know that I'm not a good man. <laughs> yeah, uh, no, I wouldn't say that she does give me any advice. I think, she, like I said, she's got a great sense of humour. There might be some things that we disagree about more generally, but we tend not to get into the you know, particulars of each other and giving each other you know, advice on what we think they should change or anything like that. Like with most people, if you've been with them for five years, you pretty aware of who they are and you must have come to terms with um you know all their foibles and whatnot so tell me what do you disagree with because all men out there at this moment of time want to know if you have a disagreement how do you handle it jake well the first thing we disagree about is how big is too big obviously so so i'm just joking Oh, well, she's pretty, she's a lot more intelligent than I am. So she's got a bunch of degrees, speaks a bunch of different languages. So a lot of the time I'm out of my depth. There'll probably just be cases where we'll be talking about something that's going on in the world and I'll have a poor take on it and then she'll put me in my place pretty quickly. So it's pretty hard to sort of argue with someone that you know is several times more intelligent than you are. Right. Uh, Luckily, most of the time we're just joking around, to be honest. Like, as you can probably tell, I like to have a laugh. She likes to have a laugh. You know, we have a serious conversations every now and then, but most of the time it's just fun. You're, you're, you're very clever in your answers there, Jay, because you said seven more times intelligent than you are. So um, you're, <laughs> you're really um, you're really making sure you don't get yourself in Well, she's deep. told me enough times, so it's probably just sunk in, I guess. So tell me this, Jake, what is the biggest... So I'm going to ask you a two-parter here, and feel free yeah, to answer sure. how you want. And um, At the end of the day, we all have opinions in this world, and everybody's opinion can be slightly different. So what is your biggest bugbear, so to speak, or annoyance with a modern man, and what is your biggest annoyance with a modern woman? You weren't expecting that question, hmm. I don't think, but let me know. I wasn't, no, I wasn't. That's a good question. <laughs> What, what, what annoys you? Because there's so much information out there at the moment in the media. And it's, it's you know, some weeks men are, are the devils. Next week, women are not so much the devil, but they're being criticised. And my attitude is, can we not just get, all, just get on with each other? Let's just kind of, you know, agree Definitely. to disagree, get on with life, accept each other's opinions, respect each other. But what, what would be your biggest bugbear? As, as a modern man or looking at modern men in general? For me, and this might have always been the case, and this isn't necessarily just for men, this is probably just a feeling that I have towards people more generally, is, but, you know, men for sure, is I think a lot of them can take themselves a little bit too seriously. In Australia, at least, there's a lot of sort of, well, I guess, like violence at times, especially on nights out, 
people try and be a bit funny with their mates at other groups' expenses, and then there'll be a bit of a war of words, and it can turn into a bit of a, a pissing contest at times, which is just so far removed from me. I, I love making fun of myself, that self-deprecating humour. I think a lot of the times people can maybe take themselves a bit too seriously, and I think a lot of men, particularly here, uh, it might not be as much the case over in Ireland, um, but that's oh, probably is. my biggest, yeah. yeah. Yeah, and that's probably my biggest bugbear. Um, I think, like I said, it's the case for people more generally, but I think particularly men because the consequences of that taking themselves too seriously are more obvious, I guess. Okay, I'm going to ask you this one now. This wasn't a pre-prepared question, but the if you were to go back in time and speak to your younger self, what would you say? Hmm. I think the number one piece of advice that I would give would be, I've always been very much a fortune favours the brave type of guy. And as a result, probably made a lot of stupid decisions prioritising the now rather than thinking about later on. And I'd probably pass that message on as well that, you know, you do need to think about not just the moment that you're in and always trying to make the most of, you know, there's obviously you should try and make the most of the moment that you're in, but there's different ways of doing that. There's one way of doing that in in a sense that you can just appreciate whatever the moment is. You can, you don't have to make anything crazy out of it. It can just be whatever you're doing, even if you're sitting at home and you're thinking of questions to ask in your podcast, just enjoying that as much as you can. And then there's another way, which is probably more the way that I did things was just trying to make, you know, a massive, you know, story or something to remember all the time and making probably not great decisions as a result of that. So that would probably be the number one advice. Also, maybe don't do the worm as much. I've done the worm a bunch of times and I've had, I got five stitches in my chin from doing it. So that would be another piece of advice. Maybe go easy on the worm. And what's what's, what's the, the worm? A little bit more. You don't know the worm? No, tell me. It's a, oh, how would I describe it? So it's a dance move. Okay. Uh, where you sort of thrust yourself down onto the ground and then your body makes kind of like a worm shape. Ah, and then now you I come get back you. up and repeat. You might, I'm sure you would have seen it. I'm not sure whether you're, you've ever been a wrestling man, but there was a wrestler back in the day called Scotty Too Hotty who had it as his like finishing move. Right. Um, but yeah, I've, I've had a heap of injuries. I got five stitches in my chin doing it um, when I was abroad. That story is actually in the book. I've actually got a, a carpet burn on my face at the moment from the weekend just gone. I did it and yeah, it didn't turn out too well. So you would have thought after, you know, almost a decade of doing that move, I would have got a little bit better at it. But no, it's still pretty, yeah, it takes a toll on my body. So you're a worm fan. Wow, there we go. We, do, we learn something new every day. A worm. I'm going to Google that I'm later on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What's your video of it? I like to call myself the people's worm because I bleed for the people every time they demand it. So, <laughs> so tell me this, Jake. So, walk like a maniac, maniac. Uh, the story of everyone who became a man in twenty first century. Where can listeners purchase this book? We've well, you've actually given a lot of information about the book itself, but where can they where can they purchase the book and where can they get in touch with you? Are you on all so the social like- media, Instagram, Facebook, all that type of stuff? 
Yeah, so I'm on Instagram and Facebook. I wasn't huge into social media beforehand, but Instagram is Jake O'Donnell Author. Uh, Facebook is just Walk Like a Maniac. Um, and the best place to get the book is through Amazon. I, I think most people these days, um, like I know that's where I get my books from. I think most people are the same. You can just type in Walk Like a Maniac, the story of everyone who became a man in the 21st century. Uh, on Amazon, there's a, the IAC in Maniac is in brackets. That's an important part. I think you can, if you also just type in Jake O'Donnell into Amazon, it should come up too. But if you follow me on Instagram or Facebook, like I said, at Jake O'Donnell Author or Walk Like a Maniac on Facebook, you should find links to it pretty easily as well. Tell me, Jake, then just a quick one before we go. Um, why, are, why were you not on social media? I mean, is that a personal choice? Is it because your life is just so busy? Generally, because I get asked this oh, question a lot, is it just a personal choice? I mean, I, I did. I had a, just a personal Facebook account, but I didn't post on there a lot. I didn't have Instagram. Uh, I didn't have Twitter or anything like that. I don't know. I just, yeah, I didn't. I spent you know too much time on Facebook when I was younger and without really doing anything. I don't take a lot of photos, so I, there wasn't much point for Instagram. And yeah, but I guess it ties into that, as I was saying before, about being more of a face-to-face type of operator. Like even we've been talking about sort of the dating apps and so many people now, when you, couples that you meet, you go, oh, so how'd you meet? And they'd be like, oh, just on Tinder or whatever, which is fine, but it's not much of a story. Whereas with my partner now, we actually met on the tube in London. It's quite a good story. So when we're able to tell that to people, I think it's a nice point of difference compared to just the standard uh, we met on Tinder or whatever. So you're going to have to go deep now. I was going to go now, but Jake, unfortunately, you've opened up a can of worms or the worm, as you call it. <laughs> so you met your partner on, on a tube. So is your partner from the UK or is she, she Australian? Is, yeah, so she's, she's from London. So I managed to drag her out here. So obviously I must be doing something right. I'm telling you. My word, yeah. how, how across <laughs> the world. So, so are, you, are you allowed to fill us in with the story of how you met in the tube? Was it love at first yeah, sight definitely. or was it more of a push and a shove as you were making your way through the, through the tube? Uh... <laughs> Depends who you ask. I think on her end it was uh, love at first sight. I didn't actually remember the sight. So, <laughs> so anyway, it was, a, it, was a fr- it was a Friday afternoon. I wasn't even going to go out. But then I after work, we had after work drinks. Um, you know, obviously a few pints turned into a few more. And then uh, a guy that I was playing footy with over there at the time, it was his 30th birthday. Um, and a, a bunch of my mates were going there as well. So I was like, all right, I'll, you know, I'll catch the tube from, you know, the station near my work and I'll catch it to, is that um, Embankment? I don't know if you know London that well, but any, any of the listeners who've been to London, it's near Embankment uh, at a place called The Walkabout. Anyway, I'm on the tube. I caught the, a particular train line to work every day, but that train line had like a straight part that I caught, but also did like a, a circle loop thing that I'd never caught before. And I had to get to the other side of the loop. And I was obviously a few pints deep. I was pretty confused about it. And I used to get pretty chirpy on the train anyway, after a few drinks. Anyway, I see this girl, she's sitting there by herself. I obviously must have liked what I saw. Thought I was in pretty good nick as well. So I went up to her and just asked for some assistance about getting to the station I needed to get to. Obviously being a little bit pissed, but I just started, you know, talking all types of nonsense as well. We got to chatting. Turned out that she'd actually been stood up on a date. So I must have been able to just sense some type of 
weakness in the air or something. So we got to chatting. Anyway, I invited her to come out to this party. There's another lady, an older American lady, you know what the Americans are like, on the train and she just leant over and she was talking to her. My girlfriend's name is Mel. She was like, you absolutely cannot go to this party with this man. Like you've just met, you know, he's wildly just ridiculous. I don't think this is safe. <laughs> That's a, one of the biggest cock blocks I've ever had in my life. But I ended up getting her number anyway. Uh, I sent her a message at three o'clock in the morning or something, which I had no recollection of at all. I didn't even remember meeting her on the tube. It was just the next day when I was looking through my phone that I saw that I had this person that I didn't recognize and I'd messaged at 3 a.m. So just sent out a message on the Saturday uh, saying if she wanted to get together for a drink. We went out for a drink that night, and yeah, the rest is history. Wow. Well, well done, you. You were, <laughs> you were intoxicated persistence, so to speak. It was kind of like you sent it a text message unconsciously at 3 a.m., and then exactly. all of a sudden now, you know, five years later, you're, um, you're still together, and, and uh, your, your darling partner is in uh, Australia with you. So well done. So you are the model man, fair, Jake. I do my best work at 3 a.m., so... <laughs> which i don't know if she would agree or disagree but anyway um jake thank you so much for chatting with me today on the well-being quiver podcast we'll put all the links in uh including the link of where you can uh, purchase jake's book which is walk like a maniac the story of everyone who became a man in the 21st century thanks so much jake for chatting with me today on the podcast absolute pleasure thank you so much enjoy your st patrick's day thank you jake cheers